Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, your natural dog with Angela Ardolino, and today my guest is Dr. Margot Roman, who is one of my favorite holistic veterinarians, which I read everything, follow everything that she does. She's been a veterinarian, a holistic veterinarian for 45 years. She's also like the pioneer when it comes to microbiome, fecal transplant, restorative therapy. She has raised poodles who have perfect gut microbiomes and has helped so many dogs through fecal transplants from their dogs. So she is the authority when it comes to this. And what blew my mind is that she feeds her dogs a mostly vegetarian diet with just a small percentage of meat and organ and bone, which that I'm like, okay, these, this is where we get the best fecal transplants from these dogs that are, so it just made me go, hmm, I want to know more. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation. It's really going to, to let you know that food is food and that, you know, if it's, organic, if it's grown the right way and it has the, the right mixture of nutrients, it really can make a difference. And a fecal transplant has just about every dog that came under my rescue that was suffering from something. It was one of the first things that I did after getting them off all unnecessary pharmaceutical drugs was to rebuild that gut microbiome. So it is a game changer. If you've got a dog with a behavioral issue, a gut issue, allergies, you can't solve it. This is one of the ways you really can reset. But It's very important where that fecal matter comes from because there are companies that are using dogs that are being vaccinated or flea and tick and they're not screening them or fed kibble. So it's very important. So we're going to talk all about this. So stay tuned. And we're here with Dr. Margot Roman. And I can't tell you how long I have been waiting to do this. I, sh- I, I can't even remember if I reached out to you earlier, but normally Carter reaches out for me and I'm like, I need you on, I need you on. But you know what? I'm glad that it's happening now because one of the biggest reasons I wanted you on is that I know that you are the, the, the original person to the expert when it comes to fecal transplants, to microbiome fecal transplants therapy. And I learned about it through a company. I remember getting the, the fecal matter from your incredible dogs. And we'll talk about, you know, how you raise them and feed them. It's everything that I, you know, strive to be. So you're a hero of mine. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And wow, when you can't figure out what's wrong with your dog, what a way to do a reset. But then that was, you know, however many years ago. And then recently, three of my dogs have all turned senior and going into geriatric mm-hmm. age and having some issues. And I'm like, let's do a reset. Had their teeth cleaning. I'm like, let's go ahead and do a reset. And I went to that same company, got it again. And then I didn't have a good result and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I started to ask some of 
other holistic veterinarians and I heard that they weren't using your dog's fecal matter anymore. I heard that the demand was so high that they started to take, bring on other dogs and that a lot of these dogs were kibble fed. And that made my head explode. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you say, yeah, and you agree with me because there would be people that I brought it up and they'd go, no, no way. Or they'd be like, well, what's wrong with that? And I even remember speaking to the owner of the company and saying, hey, is this true? Thinking they're going to say, of course not. It's a rumor. Of course not. And it is true. And didn't even understand why I was concerned about it. So, you know, when you know in your gut, and I know when something is right. (laughs) Well, that's why that gut brain connection is unbelievable. I mean, we're doing, I'll give you a little background about our dogs because I'm very proud of them. Uh, So I started raising standard poodles, not to raise standard poodles, but to try to improve the breed and get rid of medical issues. And so almost 30 years ago, I got a puppy and decided I'm, I'm trained now as a homeopath. I can do things without over vaccination, without medication as much. I have all these tools. Let me raise this dog. So I raised her and she, you know, I, I decided after doing all this testing that she was really healthy, but she was started on a fresh diet, a raw diet and a fresh diet. And so when I bred her and she had her puppies, all I was doing was trying to improve the breed, trying to stop some of the medical issues. But because I was very holistic and I, we bought property that was virgin woods and we built our own house that was green and sustainable 42 years ago, wow. all my furniture has no off-gassing. All my, I've never used chemicals in my house. You know, all these things that people are conscious about now, I was doing 40 years ago and was very, very odd. And people thought I was crazy to, to you know, not want to put all this, you know, lead paint. Not It didn't do lead paint, but different polyurethanes and, and fabric retardants and all this stuff. I didn't want any of that on my children, let alone my dogs. And right. so doing that, it was hard. It was hard to find products like that. So now, almost seven generations now, we have six and one extra one now. These dogs have been raised in that environment, plus eating as much organic food as possible. And in looking at dog food for the last 30-something years or more, realizing what was in dog food, I could not tell my clients to feed dog food when all those chemicals and preservatives and dyes and the quality of the ingredients were so inferior that why would I put that into their microbiome? We didn't know about microbiome. Why would I put that into their gut, which has to be balanced with more natural stuff? And so I started, you know, not doing that. I stopped giving, I stopped using dog food when my daughter was one years old because, and now she's 41 and she was eating the dog food. And I looked at the label and I went, oh my God, why would I let my child eat that? And that's when I started making a whole food diet for my dogs and feeding raw diet, fresh diet and fresh food. And of course that was totally frowned upon by the university Oh, and oh no, you have to feed a prescription. You have to feed a dog food. You can't feed dogs food. And it was like, of course you can. They, you know, they, they, their bodies. Food is food. Food is food. And you want this much diverse, different types of food. You just don't want, you know, byproducts of an industry that's, it's castaways that have, are, you know, are negative. You know, years ago, a hundred, you know, 60 years ago, the, the food was so much better because it wasn't full of glyphosate. So if they were feeding corn in the dog food or soy in the dog food, 
it wasn't as bad as it is now because it's so ubiquitous through our food chain. And so these dogs are getting high levels of glyphosate. And your group probably knows that glyphosate is a microbiome destroyer. It kills the gut flora. So every time you feed your animal, what are you doing? Every time you give your dog a flea product, you're killing the microbiome. If it's a toxic chemical flea thing, every time you give your dog heartworm, you're killing the microbiome. So it's the chemicals you put in your house. It's the floor things that you wash. It's the, it's the things that increase the odor in the house that are not essential oils that these things, they, they are changing. Fragrances. The fragrances. They should just be called toxic chemicals and not right. fragrances. Right. What people don't understand is that when something's titled a fragrance, it's a proprietary formula of a whole bunch of chemicals that make a scent and they don't have to tell you what it is. Which is terrible. And so people have to go back to basic stuff and really look at, you know, I can use if I want to have, you know, cinnamon in the house and, and have things that are that are fragrant, that are that are some nice smelling lemon peels or whatever. They don't have to go buy, you know, Febreze and all these other chemicals. They're now trying to be more normal, but I don't think they are at all. They have they can't be so intense like that, especially like these laundry, you know, long, you know, you can smell your laundry for six weeks, you know, with the same smell. What are they putting in there? You know, and then these animals, their noses are so sensitive and you're giving them that kind of, you know, uh, exposure. But back to the microbiome. So I've protected it for six generations and they only had organic food. We have not used flea products. We have not, we don't have chlorine or fluoride in our water. We have no well and we have it screened and make sure that it's healthy. I use reverse osmosis with hydrogen water to make their food. I make their food. It's very, very time consuming. I would love somebody to come out with my food. If anybody wants okay. to do it, you want to come out with my food. But it's a lot well, of Well, no, stuff. it makes no sense. To me, you are the authority. People are asking for your dog's poop to make their dogs better. So obviously what you're doing makes a sense. Your dog's poop is saving other dogs' lives. So why isn't it? It, it truly is. And it, But it's hard. I'll tell you, my husband, now I have eight dogs. And he is like overwhelmed with too many dogs in my house. My house is a dog house now. I mean, every the dogs are all up there. They're in the know, back hall because they'd be all coming all over here. But <laughs> but they are, you know, they have run of the house and we have, you know, seven acres. And I love each one of them. And each one, I couldn't part with one or the other. But but they are, and each one has a little bit different personality. And they're outgoing and they're loving and they love everybody. And we give our fecal transplants to dogs that are nervous and anxious and insecure and aggressive and they start acting like nice, fun, and poodles. Wow. And it's fun. It's fun. I had a puppy, and I came in like two months ago. And the, these two puppies came in. One was a pit bull mix, and the other one was a shepherd who looked like it was mixed with a corgi. So it had it was a shepherd. As a puppy, it looked, probably looked like a shepherd. And I didn't remember either one of these puppies. And they came in, and they both looked at me in my eyes just like my dogs. They were like, wanting to be in my face, you know, and oh my when gosh. I talked to the woman, I said, gosh, this one looks just like Apple's eyes. And this one looks like papaya's eyes. And I didn't remember them at all. And she gave me the backstory. She said, these two puppies were considered very risky personality wise, because they had wow. been abused. And we gave them a fecal transplant right from the beginning. And they were, you know, having a pit bull act like a poodle is pretty good. I think, you know, I, think I love it. You know, and this Sherman Shepherd was also the same thing, like, you know, just wanting to be lo like, you know, maybe they would have turned out that way anyway, 
But right. she said they were both traumatized as puppies and they were going to be special needs. And they were wow. both happy, happy dogs. And we gave them poop right from the beginning. Because if you can take six generations that have and pass it down with natural birth, with no C-sections, with no you know, antibiotics, with no flea products and no you know, uh, NSAIDs and, no, and pass that down... I am and sure with their mother for the appropriate time and right. breastfeeding from their mother from the appropriate yes, and they time. Breast, they breastfed for 12 weeks. You know, I who love does that? that? They, at five Nobody. weeks or three weeks, they're off. In the and listeners, show. remember, that's when the, uh, an endocannabinoid ohm or deficiency could start is because that's when you're getting your first mother, you're getting your first endocannabinoids from your mother's breast milk. So if they're not breastfed at the, oh, for the right wow. amount of time okay. oh. or not at all, your puppy literally has an endocannabinoid deficiency. So wow, I did not there know you go. Zero, I'm learning from you too. So it's, yeah. it's, but they, I, I want I told them all that you have to breastfeed till 12 weeks. And of course they're like, Oh no. I mean, they'd be hanging from there, but they would at least get one meal a day from the from the mother, and I'd sometimes have to hold her and treat, give her treats and stuff because they start getting a little bit, you know, chewing on her, you know, kind of thing. But I wanted them like in the wild. They do that. That's that's right. how they get it in the wild. They don't just get five weeks or abandoned, you know, from their mother and they take over themselves. It's not they're not ducks, you know, they're dogs, you know. So, so do you think that has something to do with that gut? brain access. Oh, absolutely. I mean, then you're talking about now with fam. With, I can't, I can't treat people, but the same thing, kids are on antibiotics as babies. And then they're, they're eating, you know, you know, genetically modified corn chips and they're destroying their microbiome. And you wonder why there's so much mental health problems in schools. I was talking. And they're hugging here. on their dogs that have toxic flea exactly. and tick so poison not coming out of their from pores. the dogs and nature is that's why you have a dog is to ground you into nature, yes. right? And to love them. And improve your gut microbiome. If your dog doesn't have a good microbiome, your dog may be making it worse for you. Wow. Instead of making it better. If your dog's on flea products and you're petting your dog and it's on Sympartica Trio and it's killing its microbiome and it's killing, you know, when you touch it, what is it doing to you? Well, I wouldn't put that, you know, I wouldn't do any of that stuff to my animals. I mean, to me, that's setting them up for immune problems. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at cbddoghealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. So you agree with me. Kibble fecal transplant, a microbiome fecal transplant with kibble-fed dogs to completely defeats the purpose I of totally doing a that. microbiome fecal transplant. And you have, I mean, we're feeding live food, fresh food, organic food. Yeah, what are you feeding? Let's talk about what you are feeding because I love that too. I love that you are addressing because again, you're ahead of your time. You're addressing that there is a huge problem with us consuming animals. And I agree with that also. And it's only getting worse. I feel now everybody has a food brand that's coming out, you know, whether it's freeze dried or what. I mean, I feel like I'm bombarded. Can dogs be plant-based totally? And I think they can, but my dogs aren't hundred percent plant-based. They are 92% plant-based. And I explain that to us. Okay. So 
you know, because my dogs have a diverse microbiome, there are probably microbes in there that are really good that are used to eating putrefied meat. Okay. And that's what happens when the meat goes in there, it putrefies and these microbes eat it. Right. So my dog, my, the food that I make is, is all plant-based and I use as much fresh stuff as I can. So the vegetables, I mean, and everything's organic, everything's organic. So like, I don't think anybody understands the importance of that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's hard to find organic papaya that is, that's non-GMO. So the G, there's there papayas now, and I use papaya. I use like three papaya that for the papain and some of the digestive enzymes. So that's the only thing that I know is not that to find totally organic non-GMO papaya is the only thing that I feel like I'm missing. But I can't. They they don't make papaya anymore. That is, they make it organic, but they've already genetically modified the papaya oh. slightly. So that's the only thing that I'm using. But I get organic. I do pineapple, papaya blueberries, sometimes raspberries, kiwi, banana, apples, pears, a lot of blueberries, a lot of blueberries, a lot of fresh ones when it's in season, always fresh a little bit, but then frozen if I if it's out off season and I can't get them. And again, organic blueberries, organic folks, because blueberries, blueberries are one of the dirty dozen, those of you exactly. follow ewg.org, they put a wonderful list out calling the dirty dozen of the worst pesticide riddled fruits and vegetables, and then they tell you which ones are okay. And I bet papaya is one of the ones that's okay because of its thick skin is pretty much protecting it. Because they don't use, they're not using glyphosate on them in the organic, or would they be using that to get rid of weeds? I don't know. I don't know how they grow, but I only buy the, the organic ones. But like the vegetables that I use, I use beets, carrots, a Jerusalem artichokes, which are very high in prebiotics. They get asparagus broccolini, broccoli, kale, and then oh, parsley and cilantro, because that's two of my puppy's names are parsley and cilantro. Aww. And then we have blueberry. And is, you, is this a recipe that we could follow that we well, can I get? Well, I have the recipe. You know, I haven't really like shared it with everybody. I mean, it's in big bunches, you know, of things. It's so many, so many pounds of this and that. I, I really, if there's somebody out there who wants to start producing this dog food and the quality, I mean, it's, it's going to be expensive because it's expensive for me to buy the stuff. You know, because I'm, you know, I'd love to find if you want, you know, anybody and anybody out there, we can get this stuff in bulk and have it produced in different places and have it as a predominant plant based. Uh, well, it is possible because I just it just took me two years to put out a treat and I don't do food or treats. So I wanted mm-hmm. to partner with somebody who was mm-hmm. creating a, an awesome, yummy treat that didn't have any crap in it. And it took me two years to find Yeah, people. I mean, I've been, and I've been giving this away don't. to clients and stuff, but I really would think it would it would, it would be an expensive thing because the, everything in there is organic, right? But it's still affordable. My treats are still going to be affordable. And right. there's still, there are people like you and me. Right, and I agree. And it's, wor- it's worth it. It's worth it because- We want that. I don't right. care that I want to pay now and not later. Exactly. So I think there's I, enough exactly. of us out there to- to, uh, to exactly. say, and, well, you're no longer the only one, Margo. You're not the only one. Well, I think we can do it. I, anyone out there that wants to get in touch with me and is interested, I'm happy to, to talk to them. So, and then I, I, we do, we cook butternut squash and sweet potato, mostly butternut squash. So I usually have a pot that's, you know, this big of butternut squash. I cook up 38 quarts of quinoa and I cut up about 38 quarts of beans. And so the beans, I get all organic beans, whether it be black beans, azuka, 
uh, garbanzo beans, you know, different kind of white beans and stuff like that, red, different colors. I try to do all different colors. And I soak them for 48 hours with kombu and asafoetida, which is a Ayurvedic uh, garlic. It smells look terrible. Awesome. But it's supposed to help prevent flatulence and help it get rid of the lectins. So I'm trying to get oh, rid good. of the lectins for 48 Ooh, hours. What is it called again? A-S-A-T-O-E-F-I-D-A, asafoetida. So okay, it's a it's a it. it's a substance that you add to beans to help make them break down better. And I put that in there. I soak it for two days in alkaline water that we have a reverse osmosis alkaline, which you know comes out every like two gallons at a time. And so I have to keep filling up. <laughs> it takes me all day to collect water. And then we soak those, and then I change the water, and then I soak them again, and then I cook them for five six hours. And I do that to the lentils too as well. So there's a whole pot of lentils, whole pot of beans, whole pot of quinoa, and then all these vegetables. And we take one cup of this, one cup of this, two cups of that, one cup of this, one cup of that. And then we put that all into a Cuisinart. And the vegetables have all been Cuisinart, so they're in just a bulk thing. And the fruits are also, it's just one cup, one cup, one cup, two cups, one cup. And then we put in all a bunch of nutraceuticals to add extra. We I put uh, Nupro, which has, the, has kelp and has other, other vitamins. I use taurine. I do put Carlson's fish oil. So I do put fish oil for okay. some of the omega-3s. They get a lot of hemp oil. So they get hemp oil, fish oil. And how do you, like the fish oil, how do you know? I mean, I guess you've researched the brand or whatever. How do you keep the fish oil from going like rancid? Yeah, the Carlson's fish oil, I'm talking to naturopath. They check it, the batches all the time for heavy metals. So it's very, it's expensive, you know, but I uh, same thing. You are what you eat. I'm not going to give my animals something Right. You know, I'm trying to, you know, besides take care of them, whatever they're passing through and creating this, this beautiful substance that we can feed other animals, I want it to be the best of the best if I can do it. So I, I, right. it's worth it to do it. And so I give them the, the Carlson's fish oil. They, they get uh, from Compassion Circle, which is a vegetarian-based additives. I, they get their yeast, um, their nutritional yeast. And then I use, let's see, I'm trying to... Uh, uh, more digestive enzymes, even though I'm using the papain and the bromelain from the pineapple, I add on, on you know, a, like similar prozyme. And then there's other ones that I use that are natural digestive enzymes. So that goes in there. And let's see what else I'm, I should, I should have my picture up so I prompt myself. But then we mix that all together. And then at the end, it's all put in glass trays because I don't want to store it in plastic. So everything's stored in, pl- in glass and half of it is refrigerated, half of it's frozen. So the first week and a half is all fresh. And then the second week and a half has been frozen. And then when I assemble it, I put together, I put turmeric, I put these perfect aminos, which is made from beans. And I put in turmeric and uh, ground eggshells. So we give, especially the younger dogs get an egg. And then we add the eggshell back that I, from it. So it's a vital farm eggs, which are, the animals are respected and they're not just in a cat factory farm. And the eggs right. are twice as expensive. But again, uh, the energy from those eggs is going into my microbiome. So yeah. I want good karma energy. I don't want poor chickens that suffered their whole lives. I and, feed my chickens not only hemp seeds, but actual hemp flour also. Oh, good. <laughs> but get more get more PEA in the, in the egg yeah, yolk. Right. I mean, that's a great idea. I don't know if they do that from that company, you know, from Vital Farms. But the more, you know, whatever they're coming out of their body is is helping you, right? right? You're making them healthier. And at the same time, whatever this coming out, the same thing I feel about the microbiome. 
And so then, you know, and then the other, then, then I, we, we, you know, mix it up with the, and the meat that I use. So we're talking about now what I put in. So most of my meat. So that's kind of like your base that you made. Base. So if I used to go through four freezers of frozen venison for four dogs, right, for the year. Now I go through one freezer that's pretty big for eight dogs. So I went wow. from, and for four dogs, I went, so I, I basically am feeding about one eighth to less than one eighth of the amount of animal protein. So wow. I take, you know, what I'll do is that we get the bones and everything so that they're throwing away and we cut off the meat and we, so they're, each one is probably getting about a tablespoon of meat. They get a little bit of organic goat yogurt or, or cottage cheese. And then I put one egg into the whole thing and then the, the eggshells go in. And then, so if they're getting, they're getting animal protein, so they're not vegan. You know, I would right. love for them to be, but I feel like if I, what I'm raising eight dogs on, I would be feeding one half to a regular dog, you know, right. about what I would feed. So that, not that I, you know, I want people to have eight dogs and feed that many dogs. I don't think you should have that many animals because, you you know, it's just, it's, I, I, I'm doing this because I feel like it, they're, each one of these animals is making a difference in other animals' lives. And I mean, I can give you a case that I'm sent to publication that I think totally, totally give you the understanding of why this is so valuable. And it, if you want me to tell that case, so we're going to stay with the, the diet, but I'm with the plant-based, but the plant-based diet is we have to do this. This is not an option anymore. Any of you that live in California and are dealing with the fires, any of you that are living in Florida, dealing with the hurricanes, any of you that are living with these tornadoes in the, in the Midwest and in the South, you know, in, in Texas and stuff, it's bad. The climate change is real. And if you don't believe in it, I'm sorry. You know, and what a lot of people don't know is that agriculture is the biggest uh, animal agriculture causes more climate change but we don't talk about that. Food. We talk about the cars and we talk about exactly. Nobody <laughs> everything else. Talk and about what you eat. Right. But right. to raise, I think I've given these statistics, you probably heard me, but to raise one 70 pound dog, and this is from, G, this is from Susan and, and, and Richard Pitcarn's lectures, but to raise one 70 pound dog for 11 years, what is the impact on our earth for their meat only? Their meat right. only. It's 8 million gallons of water. This is one dog. Wow. 180 tons of grain. 365,000 miles worth of petroleum to move the animals to the feedlot, but back and forth, their feed to them, back to the slaughterhouses, all of that, right? 5.5 acres of forest or rainforest that has to be cut down to put genetically modified corn, soy, and wheat, which is destroying the biodiversity of the soil, killing the biodiversity of the soil by putting this genetically modified stuff in. And killing their microbiome and our microbiome exactly. and everybody's microbiome exactly. who eats the shit that's grown. Totally. Then it's it's the pounds and the tons of methane, feces, and animal you know excretion that is all filled with glyphosate. I don't remember those tons. But the worst part, the worst part for me as a veterinarian is I'm going to tell that new client with that beautiful puppy golden retriever puppy to feed, to, to feed man, a meat-based diet and kill 8,127 animals for one dog. It's not wow. ethical. It's not sustainable. It's cruel because none of those animals, I will guarantee every, any veterinarian says you can't do it. If they can tell me that that dog ate a, ate a chicken that was 11 weeks old that wanted to die or that cow that was 
that steer that was a year old wanted to die, then I don't think they understand animals because they do not want to die at a baby like that. So, and they're giving their life up for your dog to eat meat. I just don't feel that that is the, the purpose that we should be, you know, putting these animals in that position. So if we I, can raise I them, agree with you, you know, and I think it, it's hard because people say, well, dogs are carnivores. Well, my dogs, the first three generations were meat-based. The last now four generations are plant-based. So, and, and have we forgotten about evolution? Have we forgot that everybody evolves, including our dogs and whatever they were, we, we say that they should be eating what their ancestors were eating. Well, they can't, we can't even access what that oh, was. Oh, absolutely. They don't have then. access to their ancestral. And, and have you seen, and this might be Dr. Picarin also, I think it is, mm-hmm. where they talked about, you know, our digestive enzymes and how dogs weren't producing amylase in their saliva. And now they are, which is basically proving that they are evolving and that Mm. they can digest these things. Because that was the argument all the time that I was given is, oh, they, they don't produce the same digestive enzyme as we do. So they can't break down vegetables and they can't eat them. And that's bullshit. That's not the truth. Well, I think that, see, I puree everything. So I'm not challenging them to start breaking it down. You know, if right. you give your dog a carrot, they're going to have carrot coming out the other end. Exactly. And you're going to exactly. see the carrot going in the same way. It's just going to be a little bit different, you know. So I puree everything in a Cuisinart. So the surface area is pretty high. So they can, you know, the microbes can wrap themselves around these these fibers and things like that and start to, I'm hoping, multiply. But, it, you know, we have such phenomenal results with our poop. You know, and I and so I think you are proving that for the past four litters of puppies, right. you are proving that you can feed your dogs a lot less animal protein Absolutely. and have them thrive. And what have you seen? Are your dogs not sick? Do you have no allergies, no issues, well, no our, disease? You know, no we're problem? using our dogs, and we've we're, we've really been doing this the last few years. Is I mean, I I had a case just recently, and this is just amazing, and I, and I we're going to really expand on it. But it was a cocker spaniel with, you know, chronic ears. And so many of you guys have dogs have chronic ear problems. And we always use medical ozone. Ozone has to get rid of that biofilm. It's a critical part of the success of why my microbiome works so well is that we use micro, we use ozone to remove the biofilm. Instead of putting them on antibiotics to think that we're killing the microbiome, we use ozone and ozone will kill the microbiome. Immediately it releases oxygen, which feeds the cells and feeds the stem cells in the crypts of the colon of the, when you're doing it rectally. So you're stimulating the healthy new cells to start to do something, right? And then we put the fecal in and we give them nutraceuticals to balance out the gut at the same time. So we give him, you know, uh, Zachary Bush's product, Gut Ion. Are you familiar with that? Excellent product. Oh, you know, right. Gut Ion, we do colostrum because they found that the sugar in the first mother's milk doesn't feed the baby, but actually feeds the microbes. So we're giving them that. We're giving them digestive enzymes. I use RX vitamins, you know, Nutrigest. And then we use a standard process or some type of intestinal glandular. So I'm feeding those things that the gut has been weak in. in, And you could give them fresh tripe or, you know, freeze-dried tripe or tripe. Um, But trying to feed the gut so that things in there will mesh better. And I'll tell you, it's just... It's so true, but this 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 cocker spaniel that we did, where now the, the microbiome of the skin is so valuable, and you keep scrubbing it off with all these chemicals and chlorhexidine, and you're just killing it off, right? So what we do is give the dog we 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 take our dog's hair, and we make it into a sponge, 
And we have been selling my dog's microbiome water. So my dogs in, seven, in, in six generations, uh, I have a new puppy, so I can't say how long, you know, but have never had one bit of tartar, one bit of plaque, one, one gingival loss, one lost tooth, one. I have never brushed my cats or dogs' teeth. They have never had any inflammation in their mouth. And in studying with biological dentists, because biological dentists use a lot of ozone in their practices, Mm -hmm. it is the biofilm that creates the tartar and the plaque. And if the tartar and the plaque is being formed in in the mouth by the biofilm that's so disruptive, if we can give them my dog's biofilm water and replace that, it's like my dogs came over and shared your dog's water bowl. Right. I do not want my dogs drinking out of someone else's dog, dog's water bowl because they're all filled with tartar and crap in their mouth. So we're doing, we're trying to do the reverse. And so wow. we've had success. So what I'm doing is taking the, you know, my dogs groom each other and they lick their faces. So they're giving, sharing their microbiome, but I'm not going to let them lick your dog's face and clean your dog's ears. But we're doing that, putting that microbiome into the ears, using it on the skin. I had a dog yesterday who has been bald on the tail for over a year and just six weeks later has all that, most of the hair back all over the place. Wow. And, you know, we're going to do the sponge. She had started with the sponging of this because I want to clear up everything on this dog, but it's been on multiple antibiotics, multiple Apoquil, multiple Cytopoint, multiple, multiple. And, you know, we just take it off everything and just try to reboot from the inside. And it, it's beautiful. It's just, I'm just. That's so- what I do too. That's what I, I, when I first started this journey, I reached out to everybody I knew. I'm like, look, you've got any dogs, any cases, you know, mm-hmm. you think you've tried everything. And that's what I would, same thing. They'd be seniors, geriatric, having grandma mm-hmm. seizures, cancer, couldn't walk, you name it. And all I would do is remove them off all of that, feed them a fresh, natural diet and raw most of the time. I found a lot of my old dogs, I would have to go into a gently cooked, but Mm -hmm. I'm not as advanced in all the digestive enzymes. I actually didn't even get into digestive enzymes until they were getting into, you know, 17, 18 years old, and then they needed uh, support. But that's what I want people to understand that are listening is that it's really never too late. You really can turn a dog's Oh, life I mean, we give, around we, completely. We give old dogs a fecal transplant and they're out playing ball the next day like a puppy. People are going, my dog hasn't done that. You know, we great case was Baxter who he just taught me so much. He was such an amazing guy. But he came to me at almost 14. He had a liver cancer and he couldn't walk. And they basically said, you know, he's he's a part shepherd in lab. You know, it's time. Put him down. So they came in and I said, you know, let's try acupuncture. Let's do ozone and everything else. And he rallied and he was getting up and walking around. And then all of a sudden he had an intestinal bleed you know, from his tumor and bled quite badly. And he went to the emergency clinic and they said, it's time. You got to put him down. There's nothing else you can do. His liver enzymes are 5,000. He's dying. You've got to do it. So they called me. I said, well, let's try. And we did, we did ozone. We did inter- interperineal ozone. We did I have a hyperbaric chamber. We did hyperbaric chamber. We gave him a fecal transplant. He, he, we put him down at 16 and a half. But the interesting part of this case was he had gone through this bleed out and everything else. And I wanted to give him a fecal transplant. And I gave him to, gave him a fecal transplant from my dogs when they were in heat. It happened to be the live ones were in heat. And he, next day he was humping his bed and he hadn't humped his bed 
since he was five. Wow. Now, isn't that cool? I thought that was so, so And we okay. see that now. We, give, we use the in-heat ones for dogs that are incontinent, that have been spayed and neutered so young. You need the hormonal encouragement that is missing in all of these dogs that got neutered and spayed very early. And even the ones that got spayed and neutered later, you know, it's like being in menopause when you're nine weeks old. I mean, huh, on, I can't God. believe you're saying this. I feel like I'm talking to, this is like going to be my favorite interview ever because you're literally all the crazy thoughts that have come through my mind. You're now saying it because that's, I went through menopause and I'm going, is this what they're going through as puppies? And they get no support. Right. And if their gut can't communicate, their, you know, each of these parts of our bodies evolved over, you know, a million years. I mean, all these pieces. And if you've ever seen that chart, that I, it was actually in the bathroom of Richard Pitcarn. And I was at his house for a meeting on the, on the, on the plant-based diets. And it's called the Chronological History of the Earth. And it shows from the bottom, 4,000 million years ago at the top is the Earth. And how all the different Triassic and, and Jurassic and Premi, all these different stages and, and then all the craters that happen. So it, it, it's this huge chart, right? And then at the far right, they have all the, where the mammals came in. So they came at a certain level and then they went up and then the plants were here and the invertebrates and the amphibians and all that kind of stuff. And I was, in, in, you know, I was reading this stuff and I'm like, well, this is phenomenal. And at the bottom was a little brown, brown square that went straight up to the top. And I was like, what is that? And it was the microbiome. So the microbiome has been here for 4,000 million years. And what have we been trying to do it in the last 100 years? Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Let's kill it. Let's kill it. It's the formation of every relationship. And that's one of the things I want to talk to you about is cannabis. Cannabis is a very old plant. There's a lot of very old plants. And they have always communicated. They're closer to this, this part here, right? So if those can be helping balance things more efficiently by having the relationship that they had with these species coming up, great. Let's let them communicate. Let's let them, oh, yeah, I remember you. You know, we used to do this together and this together, you know, sort of like this meshing that happens. And that's why, you know, I keep thinking that animals should be really getting a whole plant. They should be getting crushed, you know, juicing or, or crushing the juices. But, you know, it's probably not that tasty. But that might be the way to really get them how they actually ate them in the wild. You know, they didn't make. Unless they ate the flowers. They could have eaten right. the flowers. And That's they could true. have known kind of like with fungi also when exactly eat that flower to get oh, yes. whatever yeah, the, desired yeah, the effect. Base, yeah, the, mush, the right. mushrooms and stuff. But the same thing with mushrooms. Mushrooms are ancient. They're ancient. And so they, the, the, the you know, all the different components of the mushroom and as they take them apart and they realize all the pieces of the mushroom that are there and why, you know, these have been around for animals to eat forever. You know, and you know about the stoned ape theory, right? The stone date. No. Ape. Stoned stone. ape no. theory. No. So stoned ape theory is there's a, in, in our evolution, there's a 200 year period where we advanced very fast and hard. And the, the theory is that they found psilocybin and took psilocybin oh, and that wow. expanded, and their, expanded their, minds. their brains. Oh, wow. So that whole um, thing with the mushrooms, I mean, I have not done any of that in dogs using the, you know, the psychedelic mushrooms at all, you know, with animals. But I think that if I can get a dog who is mentally challenged and has traumatic 
and give them a healthy microbiome from dogs that are like, let's play, let's have, have, let's do, and do that. That seems like, you know, pretty cool. It does. I think yeah. so too. I, I, and I think anybody who is having any issue that they have not been able to address, get, having a microbiome fecal transplant is the way to go. But we need to make sure that they're getting it from the f- proper place. So yeah, I want so people we, to we understand. It, we have a new product that we're just marketing and we are now freeze drying ours at location. So awesome. it's done right in the same moment. So before we tell them where to get it, I want people to understand that anything that is found that works in nature and then it proves that it works, what happens next is you're going to have companies coming out producing it and producing it like crazy and it'll become more available. And most of those products are not the correct products. So it's very important that if you want the results from a true microbiome fecal transplant, that you're getting it from someone like Dr. Roman, whether it's from her dogs and they carry her dog's fecal transplant, transplants, that you want to make sure it's hers. You want to make sure there's companies now that have kibble-fed dogs, which completely defeats the purpose, or the company grows and they don't have, they got to literally take dogs poop. So they are letting any dogs in and they don't know if those dogs are getting flea and tick, you know, exposed to pesticides. So it's very important that if you're doing this, that you either go with the Dr. Margot Roman or you do your research and ask the right questions. Yeah. So now let's tell them where well, they can yeah, get so, from your um, dogs. <laughs> our, yeah, our dogs. And we, we are only right now selling our frozen to veterinarians or referrals from veterinarians. We have a product that we're, we're just starting and we're calling it ARF. It was going to be, uh, it was post heartworm abdominal restorative therapy, uh, but it's, it was for after you give a heartworm pill because the heartworm kills the microbiome. Uh, but then we thought people are going to think you only have to have heartworm to give it. We, and it right. was, so, so, but the acronym came out to be FART, and we thought that was cute. So now <laughs> we've it. made it Abdominal Restorative Formula, and that is kind of going to be ARF. And it's going to be uh, freeze-dried capsules that people can take after the heartworm. Uh, if they're, they've done flea stuff and they want to start to restore and get that going. And so we're having a whole... You know, uh, you know, and we have control over how it's made because it's made by us. The other company that's making it only using us is Legacy Biome, and they're based out of Canada, and uh, they are selling to the public as well as the vet. So they are doing. A, we're only trying at this point to sell to veterinarians or veterinary referrals. And we also, when the veterinarians wanted, we have it in a in a slurry already made up for the fecal transplant. And then we're coming out with a powder that they can reconstitute and do it with ours only too as well. But at So point, is it like a, uh, they take it for a period of time or is it a uh, yeah, therapy I mean, they I, go into the vet office or either? Well, the oral, they take it home and they're not, we're not giving orally. The for like 30 fecal, days? I usually do two weeks or it depends on the case. If we're not, if we're doing a rectal fecal transplant, I usually give them two weeks with at, right at the time of the fecal transplant, either do one or two days before or start at the same time and keep going for two weeks. And we do some testing as well. We check them for what I call Plechner syndrome. A lot of dogs have this immune endocrine imbalance where their IgA is really low. And if they have that low IgA, they may need multiple rectal fecal transplants and multiple oral microbiome. And I have several dogs in my practice that each of these two owners that I'm thinking of spent $40,000 before they came to me. Each one spent 40 grand. 
and they both didn't have any more money. One had insurance, one didn't have insurance, and they both didn't have any you know funds left to do it. And we did the fecal transplant, screened them for Plechner, and it's been almost five years, and I think they've all been to the ER like one time in five years, except they were there every other week, you know, with wow. hemorrhagic gastroenteritis. But they have to have poop every day. So they have a piece of poop every day, and it just keeps them. They Their immune keeps system is just not able to take it on and keep it on. But those are the rare ones. Right. Um, but we've been able to show, you know, they, they, they are thrilled. They're ha- their dogs are happy. They're playful. They're doing well. And they didn't have to spend, you know, $20,000 a year at the veterinary clinics. Amazing. We're out of time. I know yep. you have to go. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is going to go down as one of my favorite uh, no, interviews. I think it's important for everyone out there who cares about their animals to, to really look at the whole picture. You know, look at our earth. You know, yep. what can we do to make it a healthier place? Because if the earth's not healthy, you're not going to be healthy and the dog's no. not going to be healthy and your kids are going to never have a dog that's healthy. So let's make this earth healthier and make these animals healthier and try to share knowledge and not be like, oh, if it's a pharmaceutical, we can't tell you how to, you know what. And and you listen to the pharmaceutical, you know, commercials and you're like, why would I take that? I can get right. mine and get these diseases that can kill me. Because they've problem. normalized it. You're huh? being, it's being shot in front of your face to the point where you're like, oh, I guess it's normal for me to take a pill and shit my pants. You yeah. know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. But the microbiome is the new cutting edge of medicine. And so it's great to be exploring new ways of helping people get healthier and animals get healthier. I only do animals. I do not do people. And so, but we can learn from our dogs and they are amazing teachers. So if you start doing stuff for your dog and they get better, think about it. You know, how can I help my family? My dog is part of my family and they're trying to help me with unconditional love and showing me this is how I'm getting better. Maybe you guys should look at this too, right? So that's- It does. It makes sense. Happened to me the other way around. I did it for myself because I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and was like, whoa, cannabis helped me, saved me. And then I was like, wait a minute, everything that I'm doing wrong on me, I'm probably doing wrong for my dogs too. And that is totally the case, except it's so much worse, guys, for pets. Mm. So much more- deception and on it's most of the information it's funny because i have a brand but always look at where you're getting your information if it's coming from a brand they're telling you about their product Mm -hmm. not about every way that you can help your your dog so always keep that in mind yeah thank you so much for being an advocate and a pioneer and not giving up you're an inspiration to me not to give up we need people to stand up and talk to their vets we need people to go to veterinary boards and veterinary organizations and say, we want, we want to, we love our animals. We want to have choices. We want choices to take care of them the way we want to. And, you know, to be directed that you have to use an antibiotic or you have to have this surgery or you have to have euthanasia, euthanize your dog. To me, it is not freedom of decision. Choice. You know, as long as you're not causing harm to them, you know, why can't you have an opportunity to help them? And that's always been my, my mom. And you're right. We're not even given the holistic choice. Yeah. We're only given the conventional ah, choice. Bad. And there's always choices. And every time that I've gone the holistic choice, I've always gotten better results than the conventional choice. And it works over and over again. Yeah. And veterinarians are realizing that veterinarians are burnt out. And I, I love my profession. I love my profession. I want it. 
it has been wonderful and be, being able to do this for 45 years. I love it, but I, I feel frustrated that I can't get new veterinarians and new and older veterinarians just to say, try this. Why not? You know, what are you so afraid of that you, that you may find another tool that you didn't have 10 years ago? So why not try something and get your pets, your clients' animals better and your own pets better? So it's, it's happening. When they do it and they go, oh, my God, you know, how, how did I not think about nature as being part of the healing process? I mean, let's right. let nature heal nature, right? So Exactly. Thank you. Oh, you're You're a blessing. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.